you're listening to Podiatry Marketing, conversations on building a successful podiatry practice with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Hi, I'm Tyson Franklin, and welcome to this week's episode of Podiatry Marketing. With me, as usual, as he does every week, I am joined by Big Jim Mac, DPM, who lives in Canada, but is an American podiatrist. How are you doing, Jim? Uh, I'm doing well. I am this, uh, you know, American Canadian, uh, a man of two countries, uh, podiatrists who've worked in both places. But yeah, no, things are good here. It's uh, getting into the winter time in Montreal, so you know, ice skating, hockey, you know, all the uh, stereotypical Canadian things are kind of in full force now. Uh, okay, Jim, what's today's topic? Yeah, so today we're going to jump into newsletters, specifically, you know, how newsletter can profit your practice. I think, you know, email newsletters and email marketing holds, you know, several advantages for podiatry clinics when you kind of compare them to other forms of marketing. Um, you know, the effectiveness of email marketing uh, kind of depends largely on the kind of strategy and execution people are using. You know, we'll kind of get into some of the reasons um, why maybe some people, you know, kind of profit or fail from this. I think there's before we do that, there's kind of two main forms of email marketing. Um, yeah. Kind of, you're kind of more HIPAA compliant or and you're more non-HIPAA compliant, meaning that like you're not, if you're non-HIPAA compliant, you're kind of giving more kind of broadcasted messages or just kind of sending out information about your clinic. And then, you know, the, the kind of HIPAA compliant things will sometimes tie into a diagnosis or a treatment where you're doing things like patient recall emails. I know that's something you touch on uh, every once in a while. Well, someone who's not from North America, Explain what HIPAA compliant means. Yeah, so HIPAA compliant means you're basically respecting uh, the patient's wishes to kind of uh, have their health information private, right? So in the U.S., there's these regulations and laws that if you, you know, share information, medical information about a patient without their knowledge, without their permission, uh, you can get in big trouble, right? So you're not going to, you know, kind of broadcast an email specifically to people without their permission, Um but also just not tie in specific types of emails to diagnosis or to treatments, um, you know, unless you have kind of a, a secure database that is, you know, what they call HIPAA compliant. So that's yeah, so if you have a patient over there that has a really manky looking foot and you take a photo of it, mm-hmm. you must get their permission to say, hey, can I use your manky foot <laughs> in an email or in some of my marketing? You, you've got to get their permission first. Yeah, it's also one of those things. It's more kind of like how secure the information about their medical information is, right? You're not going to, you can't basically share like an email with a kind of a non-secure uh, if it ties in any way into kind of any kind of diagnosis or treatment, right? So if you're kind of, ha- if you're using kind of a standard, uh, you know, recall email system in the US, that's not HIPAA compliant where there's maybe a potential where a diagnosis in the email can kind of cross over and can, can be identified as that patient. Yeah that's when you run into trouble, right? You won't get in trouble just by sending your, you know, people who have opted into your email list, you know, like an update about general things about the clinic, about procedures you provide, or maybe a review that was given, just kind of general information about your staff. You're not going to get in trouble with that. But if you're really getting into drilling into you, you know, this person had plantar fasciitis, this patient had a wound, and now they're getting very specific targeted information about those things. That's where it gets a little tricky when it comes to, um, you know, having a HIPAA compliant uh, email provider or kind of a an e- e- you know an EMR like an electronic medical record that um, you know is secure to make sure people can't hack into that and get information about the patient without their permission. Okay, yeah, that seems fair enough. Okay, let's get back on the newsletters. I took you. No, no, that's all good. Off track. 
it's good yeah. to have that uh, information for people that aren't inside the U.S. Sometimes I'm a bit North American centric and kind of broaden my uh, view of what's going on there can be helpful. So, oh, we we probably have similar we well, probably we have similar laws in Australia, and I'm sure the UK. I'm sure every country does. It's just called something differently, and we, we refer to it differently. So, it's just to make people aware that if they hear that in future episodes, or if they've heard it on a past one, they sort of know what we're talking about. No, for sure. Um, you know, the first reason to kind of do it is that uh, you know, doing email marketing or, you know, talk kind of like maybe more along the long, long lines of kind of a broadcast email is to really engage specific groups of people. You know, I think, you know, maybe if you're with much, much younger people, maybe email is not a thing for them. But I think email for our age, maybe a little bit younger than us and a little bit older is still a, a way that people like to receive information. So, you know, when you're, you know, creating email, it's almost like a branding exercise, right? It's what do you want to do more of? Um, and basically mm. kind of communicating to your specific patient demographic. So, you know, you can, you know, kind of have subsets of different types of people, you know, maybe you have a, a, gr a group, groups by age, groups by activity. Um, but, you know, maybe you're we're just really into sports medicine aspect of things. So making sure that whatever you're sending out is kind of on brand or really talking to your ideal patient, right? If you happen to do a little bit of wound care, but don't necessarily want to do it, um, probably not a great idea to continue to pump out emails about that. But, um, you know, it, it can be helpful that if you're, you're treating runners, there's an upcoming marathon, having running specific content in your email will really help you kind of show specific types of demographic, your expertise, um, in, in kind of a very straightforward way as, you know, email, most people deliver, can receive emails uh, it can be a channel for most types of uh, groups of people to really uh, you know, understand, you know, kind of engage with the content that you have and really kind of, you know, maybe even share some of this with, with you know, forward it to, um, to a colleague or to one of their exercise partners if that's kind of the demographic you're going after. Yeah, what's interesting is, like, and not you talk about, an email marketing includes email newsletters, but not just email newsletters. It can right. be just an email blast. And, I remember you know, many years ago, we got this new covering material. It was quite bright and it was different patchy sort of colors. I hadn't seen it before at the time. And we used to have a lot of triathletes come into our clinic. And they're, they're, they're a nutty group of people. So I said, let's tell all the triathletes that have patients, we've got this new material, why it's so fantastic. And then the best part about it, I said, it looks really bizarre. They're going to love it. So we did just an email blast to just our triathlete patients and from that we had five of them come in and just say oh can i get new orthotics made out of oh with oh, we had a pile of people coming and get new covers and then we end up being able to get that material as an actual orthotic eva material as well and we had five want new pairs of orthotics only because it was a new swanky color that no one had seen before yeah but it's just just from an email yeah, I know exactly. Just by putting in an email, you know, and kind of just creating that awareness that it exists. Uh, some people want that thing, right? So I think that's a, that's a great example. Uh, another reason is that, it, you know, e email marketing can be very cost effective. You know, the, the tools, um, you know, are not that expensive. They're usually only a few hundred dollars uh, at the at the most per month, or mm. not sorry, per month, but uh, per year. You know, you're not talking to like a huge expense. Um, and the most important thing is that you you own that list of people, right? So if you've been collecting emails for five years, fifteen years, twenty years with the patient's permission, you know, I've I've talked with some clinics that have 
you know, six to 10,000 to 15,000 emails. So that can be a huge, um, you know, really cost-effective way to kind of where, where you own that list of, of people uh, and those emails because you're going to have kind of a lower cost for acquisition compared to like Google ads or trying to do kind of TV or radio advertising. Um, you know, there's just kind of less time and effort that has to go into all those, um, you know, working with outside professionals. When you have, you know, an affordable email marketing platform, um, it can really be kind of a high return on investment for your practice. So I think, you know, when you own that list and it's yours, that's not something that can be taken away. You know, at any time, Google can kind of change the rules when it comes to Google ads or display ads or these kind of third party marketing and, and advertising platforms really can kind of do whatever they want. But, you know, email marketing can be a pretty inexpensive, you know, they're not going to, they don't charge that much for email marketing platforms. So by, you know, owning that list, you have a kind of a very cost effective form of marketing for your practice. Yeah, I actually encourage everybody who's listening to this. If you do not use email to market to your patients, uh, have a monthly newsletter, it is such a missed opportunity. I've been doing it for years and I've had some people say, oh, but my patients get so many emails, you know, they're, they're, it'll annoy them. And I'm thinking, and if it annoys them, they just go unsubscribe. Right. It's really, really simple. But if your newsletter is good, then they won't unsubscribe. And, the, and what I find funny, even about every email uh, marketing that you do, even if they don't respond to it, if every month or every couple of weeks your business name is noticed in their inbox, and even if they just delete it, it is a constant reminder that you're there. And if they haven't unsubscribed, that means, okay, they're not interested right now, but when they need a podiatrist, they're going to come and see you because you're constantly top of mind. No, that's a great example, right? Like I think, you know, some people are a little shy, like, oh, they don't want to receive this, they don't receive that. Well, let them decide. Like you said, they can hit that yeah. unsubscribe button. And if they really don't want to hear from you, that's all they have to do, right? And uh, I think what happens sometimes is that maybe you have a little bit of an elderly population that doesn't see, because I think sometimes they'll make that unsubscribe button a little small, but, in, and sometimes you send out an email, <laughs> you know, get a, maybe one phone call or two phone calls from a, maybe like a little unhappy elderly patient. Um, oh yeah, I know. They'll be going, "Oh, Jim, can you please take it rid of those emails?" Right, but it can, <laughs> you're it annoying. Can, you're annoying me. <laughs> it can cause your staff to feel like kind of a. You can kind of have an overreaction to some of that stuff, right? Because maybe yeah, it was a busy day in the clinic, and now your staff had one phone call that day or two phone calls that day from someone that didn't like the email. So then your staff has kind of a negative association with email marketing in general, but. If you have 10,000 or 15,000, if two people out of 10 or 15,000 happen to call the clinic a little unhappy, I mean, to, in my mind, that that's totally worth it. It means that like it's being received at least and people are are noticing it. So, you know, I think you just have to kind of, if you're creating something of value, you got to kind of like brush some of that off. If you're getting like, you know, 20 calls or 30 calls and maybe we need to talk about what you're putting in your emails and uh, figure <laughs> out what's really going on there. But yeah, one or yeah two the nudie pictures are no good. Don't <laughs> put, do not put the nudie pictures in. That's not not what they're there for. Yeah, so something Wrong like newsletter. that. So it's something just to be, you know, really, really no, noticing about. Like, like you said, just it's not something that it's not going to be for everybody, and they can unsubscribe. Um, yeah. When it comes to like you know another uh, really valuable aspect of email marketing is uh, you know these m email platforms are really great about the analytics and some of the the open rates and the click throughs and the conversion rates. It's really easy to see, 
you know, if you have a, you know, uh, make an appointment now button or some of the articles that you've written, or maybe it's a review, you can really see what's resonating with the audience you have, right? So you can kind of start making a list of all those things that um, maybe it's the topics that are really resonating well, but also you can see, well, if, you know, you got seven or eight people from that one email that, uh, you know, hit the red, you know, the make an appointment now button, it's a good sign that, uh, you know, it's working. So it's something that you can really kind of determine how well it's working as opposed to just kind of like not sure where those things are coming from. So I think being able to measure it um, and kind of adjust your strategies as, as necessary is something that can be pretty powerful with uh, email marketing. Yeah, and the part that's interesting, like I was just looking at my newsletter that I only just sent out yesterday or the day before, and the open rate is always somewhere between 40 to 50%, which is pretty good. And and usually each month I'll normally add 20 to 30 people will get added to my email database. Whenever a newsletter uh, goes out, there's always, yeah, one or two people that unsubscribe, always, always a couple of people unsubscribe. And when I look at the ones that unsubscribe, I just go, most of them I don't know who they are. The ones who I do know who they are, I'm thinking, that was silly. Because a lot of times in my newsletters, if I'm promoting an event or doing something, I'll put a discount code, but it's only in my newsletter. So if you've unsubscribed, and there was one, uh, yeah, one of the events I did recently, and I had a code in there, had a discount code, but they unsubscribed the week before, so they never saw it, and they paid full price. So it's and I I used to get really upset if someone unsubscribed. It used to just oh cut me really deep, and now I actually look forward to it. I'm like I feel like putting in there. Please unsubscribe because it makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some people are just you know they they kind of go through that pur- you know binge and purge. You know they they subscribe to a lot of email newsletters and then they kind of yeah. unsubscribe. So that's kind of a a natural thing. Um, when it comes or to they've got more than one email address, and that's what I found. Sometimes <laughs> someone doesn't subscribe, and I go, "Oh, Jim, you bastard!" No, I'm not saying you did, Jim. You may have, but I go, "Oh, Jim, you bastard! You unsubscribe." I thought we were friends. And I used to get upset. And then one day I emailed someone and said, just out of curiosity, I saw that you unsubscribed. Is there a particular reason you unsubscribed? Because I just want to gather some feedback. And they went, oh, because you've got three of my email addresses. <laughs> different, well, different things that they've either registered for a webinar or, or something else. And they said, so I get it three times, so I just unsubscribed on two of them. Yeah. I'm like, that makes perfect sense. So sometimes what you think it's like a personal dig at you, know, it's just, it's just, it just happens. Yeah, it just happens. That's, that's normal. But um, another reason uh, to consider email marketing is that it's a real great way to have kind of timely timely and direct communication. You know, mm. I think uh, like a lot, like I talked about, you know, whether it's Facebook ads or other you know types of marketing is that it's it's pretty indirect at times. It's uh, you hope they scroll past it or you hope that they see it in their browser, but it's not sitting there in their inbox, right? So, you know, by having that... Um, kind of immediate form of communication that can be really, really effective. You know, clinics can quickly inform, you know, their patient base, you know, about new services, new offers, um, new updates about the clinic. You know, these that's really, really powerful stuff. And since people check their email multiple times a day, like you mentioned, Tyson, you can kind of um, be top of mind with people. You know, they see you in mm. your inbox. Yeah. It's not like, you know, so that's why it's important to have, you know, distinct kind of a good email address, but also 
um, you know, starting off maybe some of your emails with the name of your clinic because that's maybe all they're going to see uh, with it. But you know, finding that subject line that is helpful but also creates awareness can be a real benefit. Yeah, and it's always interesting too. We, we said, yeah, you'll get a little smallest amount that'll unsubscribe, but you get thousands who open it, who do look. Yeah, they do click on it, they open it. They may not maybe read one thing, they may read nothing. But it's a, even those that don't open it, it's in their inbox. Yeah, and if some of them would have seen it, and they may have just deleted it, and not open it. But it's. But I, I like the fact what you said. If you've got something really important to say today, this week, you can just get it out to them straight away. It, it's really, really fast communication. Yeah, and that kind of leads into our next one. It's basically like flexibility, right? So you know, getting that kind of having the direct line of communications, they can always hit the reply button. But, you know, email content can kind of, it can be constantly adjusted at real, no overall cost besides maybe, you know, if it doesn't connect, maybe it doesn't connect as well as past emails, you might feel like uh, it was a waste, but there's not like an additional cost that's in another email, as opposed to like, if you're going to try another campaign, you're going to try to do something else, a lot of these different paid channels, you know, you could have a thousand or a three thousand or five thousand dollar like experiment, but with email marketing, you know you can really try to figure out what messaging is going to work. You know, are there specific types of offers or way you can kind of display your expertise in a way that is helpful. You know, changing up some of the visuals, just you know, to having you know link to a video does that work better than just having an image uh, in the email? Yeah. But there's a lot of ways to kind of A/B test to figure out really what resonates best with with your patients. So I think that's the flexibility in like you know. Like I said, it's kind of a pretty inexpensive tool to have and to try to find what really works for your patients to make sure that um, it works for you and your clinic as well. Yeah, and you mentioned that A-B testing too, which is to let people know you can put in different headlines on two different emails and you say, okay, send them out. Only a certain amount will go out, which everyone gets the most biggest open rate, say in the first hour. Then they'll go, okay, that's where we're going to use that headline for everything else. And that's been really valuable sometimes because you might have a headline. You go, "This is a cracker. <laughs> this is a corker of a headline. Fantastic." And then you have another one. You go, "Yeah, this one's a bit weak," but the weak one opens because it just resonates with everybody at the time. Yeah, that's that's the nice thing about some of those A/B testing tools. Like you said, it's just uh, you get to test it out. It's not just completely on you to like you know figure it out because you don't maybe. You're not. We're not always right. I hate to say it. I'm not always right. Uh, you're not always right, Tyson. But uh, you know, having tools like this can be helpful <laughs> to uh, to kind of help <laughs> us figure out the best thing. Uh, there's a T-shirt that I saw. Oh, I can't remember what it was in here. It was something about um, something about being right. I got to see if I can find it. All right, it was, just, um, yeah. it was pretty funny. <laughs> well, the next thing about uh, email marketing that's beneficial is that it, it helps you kind of create a consistent uh, stream of patient education, right? We've talked about this a lot in the past is that we're kind of in our heads all day as podiatrists. We've gone to school. Some of us have gone to residency. We've been practice for a certain amount of time, but we know all the things that we do. Um, our staff might know most of the things that we do. Our spouse might know some of the things we do, but our patients they might know five or 10% of the things that we do because they came to you for heel pain. They came to you for an ingrown toenail, but they not, may not know that you do foot surgery or that you really enjoy sports medicine or that you do wound care. So regular newsletters can be used to educate your patients about all the kind of different type of care you provide. You can kind of help educate them about general foot health, preventative care, the different treatment options and different diagnoses that are out there. 
but this is a really, like I said, inexpensive way to kind of continuously educate um, and help create better outcomes for your patients and increase the amount of trust that you have. Because it's not only your patients that are going to see this, right? But, you know, um, maybe your patient has a spouse, they have a son or a daughter, they have a neighbor, they have a, a little league group, they have a soccer team. Um, this can really spread. So by kind of consistently educating your patients um, with, with email marketing can be a real benefit to your practice and to the growth of your practice. Yeah, and I think this is even more important if you have like a more of a niche uh, a niche practice as well. So if you're sports, yeah, more of a sports-orientated clinic, then putting something in there that's saying, oh, the latest uh, rehab to strengthen your, your – the latest exercise to strengthen your calves. Now, if you have a sports-focused clinic, most of your patients will want to know that information. So you can educate them on specific things that they are probably going to want to engage with a lot more. Yeah, for sure. I think it is one of those things where you just want to, uh, when you have that, it's an opportunity to kind of like build that expertise, right? Like to, to kind of become that expert in that niche or in that specific segment that you want to go after. And uh, email marketing is a tool to kind of help facilitate that. Yeah, and once going right back to what you said earlier on, and it's a cheap way of doing it as well. Yeah, exactly, as opposed to some other more expensive forms. So, um, well, if you pictured, if you had 10,000 people in your database, and even if only 10% opened them, <laughs> which is pretty poor, if you only had 10%, that's 1,000 people that opened your email. Show me a cheaper way of touching base with 1,000 of your patients. Yeah, there, there, there's no other way to get that kind of visibility. Nope. But and, and everyone I know that, uses a newsletter on a regular basis, has all reported back saying that their business has grown by using, by, by doing email marketing in one, in one form or another. It's yeah. never, a fair, it's, I've never heard anyone say, oh, bloody hell, Tyson. I wish I'd never done email marketing. It's just destroyed my business. Every patient hates me. Never happens. No, it doesn't happen. It's because of the, the last thing we're going to get into, and that's because uh, email marketing really builds loyalty and retention. Uh, that's you it. Know, you know, that regular communication, you know, really helps kind of nurture that patient, you know, physician relationship outside of the practice. Um, they, they know you exist. They know you're thinking of them. They know that you are that local expert doing whatever your, your kind of your chosen uh, subspecialty within podiatry is. And over time, you know, it really helps, uh, you know, promote loyalty uh, and encourage, re- encourages repeat visits, right? So, um, you know, that stuff is usually have to pay and you know, hand over fist to get that kind of stuff. But these kind of relatively inexpensive email marketing tools can really make that happen um, when you kind of put out a consistently valuable newsletter that connects with your ideal patients. Yeah, no, I, I just, like I said, you will get patients will say, please take me off your database. Please stop sending me emails. And to me, usually any patient that ever did that to me when I had the podiatry clinic, they were not usually patients that I liked anyway. <laughs> there, there weren't people that they came in, they just wanted a service done. They didn't want to know who I am. They didn't want to connect with my clinic. They just wanted treatment and they wanted to move on. And by not having them on my database anymore, it really did not have any impact on my business whatsoever. But the patients who would walk in and say, hey, I love that article you did on this or that tip you gave me on this certain thing was very helpful. Focus on the positives from using email marketing 
and just just avoid the negatives. No, I totally agree. I think it's um, you know it's just a really important kind of uh, it's important to kind of integrate this email marketing into kind of a holistic marketing strategy, right? Like it's not you're only going to be doing this, but it can be uh, a good kind of stair step and kind of an effective form of marketing for anyone that's kind of kind of getting the idea. Maybe you're, you're new in practice or you haven't really ventured into to doing this on a consistent basis. It is that consistency over time that you know creates awareness of who you are, what you're providing. And uh, it's really crucial for podiatry clinics when you do use email marketing to ensure that you're kind of you're doing it in a permissioned way. You know, no one wants to make sure that, you know, don't go buy a local list or something. Make sure that it's kind of being mm. generated from signups that people coming into your practice. Um, but it, it's a very inexpensive, effective method to really, like I said, educate your patients, um, get appointments, uh, you know, get reappointments, and really kind of build your expertise in whatever niche you're practicing in. And I remember the quote that was on that T-shirt. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. <laughs> it was, it was. I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. I may be wrong, but it's highly unlikely. <laughs> I just love that quote. That's good. And and that's even with what we're talking about this topic now. People might listen to it and think, oh, no, I don't agree. I don't think email newsletters or email marketing is effective. Well, we know they're wrong. I don't know. But why wouldn't we say they may be wrong? But it's highly yeah. No, they're wrong. Man, if people have those ideas, you know, feel free to email us and let us know what your objections are and we can uh... – we can discuss them, but uh, yeah, there's I don't, in my mind, there's no more cost-effective way to uh, to gain awareness and to really kind of uh, you know build your practice than email marketing. I think there's a lot of value there. Like I said, you owning that list and, and belonging to you um, is getting more and more popular as you know search is changing. We're going from kind of vanilla Google results to this AI generative AI world, which uh, is kind of changing the way that search works so you know by owning that relationship and kind of building that patient to physician relationship while they're not in your clinic um, it's a huge value add and it's hugely valuable to you in your practice yeah and and i really think if you're concerned that your patients get too many emails already and that's going to bug them once again let them make that decision yeah i get a number of emails in my inbox on a regular basis and i would say 95% of them, I go delete, 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 delete. But sometimes the subject line, and one of the ones I delete on a regular basis, will catch my attention. I go, ooh, that's interesting. So I don't know if you've heard of uh, Jason Pfeiffer. He's the editor He's the editor of Entrepreneur Magazine. I had him on my old podcast years ago. Okay. And he's written a book, which I've got, and I get his newsletter on a regular basis. I would say 8 out of 10, or probably 7 out of 10, I delete, don't even look at it because I'm just too busy. The others, I sort of go, oh, it's a bit intriguing, and I'll just have a brief read, and then might delete it. But then there was one this morning that I opened up, and I read it from start to finish, and I just went, "Geez, I'm glad I don't. Un- I'm glad I have not unsubscribed <laughs> to that newsletter because when I do sit down and read it, the content is freaking fantastic. Yeah, and I believe that's what our patients do as well: delete, 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 delete. Every now and then, they've got a little bit of spare time. They click on it, they read it, and they go, shit, I'm glad that person's my podiatrist because that was interesting. Yeah. I'll just stop swearing. <laughs> I think that's a great place to leave it. <laughs> okay, Big Jim, I look forward to talking again next week. And um, yeah, look after yourself. You too, Tyson. Okay, see ya. Bye now. 
thanks for listening to Podiatry Marketing with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Subscribe and learn more at Podiatry Marketing. That's the website address, podiatry.marketing.